We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings Match Play, DraftKings picks and preview and strategy. The final bets, the one and done. We're here. Reminder: This starts on Wednesday, so don't lollygag. Get in the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. It's almost full, actually. There's 250 spots left. The link is down in the description. And I not. I mean, I'm probably going to overstress this, but. You're going to want to build your lineups in a certain way. Tambo and I will talk about that in a second. The easiest way to do that, to build a whole bunch of lineups that way, is going to fantasynational.com. Fantasynational.com slash mayo gets you 20% off. I would recommend the monthly right now because you're going to want it for the Masters as well. And this will take you through the Masters, so no better time to get in on the monthly plan over there. But once you make your selections for the week and the players that you want to use to populate your pool... All the rules are already designed for you in the lineup generator to make sure that you select one player from each quadrant. That's it. It's the easiest lift in the world. Tambo, you're back from, I don't know, around the world in 80 <laughs> days, apparently. That was a good run. Yeah. Nashville. Nashville recently, yes. Didn't win. Didn't, did not win. But you were telling me beforehand, and I really enjoyed this, that because of the top-heavy nature of the tournament that you played in, that you just kind of went YOLO with your lineup? Yeah, big time. Played like two guys that were pretty much low, two, two bench guys even, like that could get run and go after. But when I have one lineup, so many people have five plus, they're going to cover the sort of chalk build. So I learned this strategy a little bit from New Orleans for the Fantasy Football World Championship and for DraftKings when I only had one lineup. That, you know, the main thing that I looked at there was like, I thought about it after. I thought I played a good process, but then when I thought about it, the guys with seven to 10 lineups there obviously had a very similar combination of mine. So why would I ever play that build? Should have played a game stack like the Jags Dallas game that week that went off, win 2.5 million. So here I tried to adjust for that. I was actually happier to come 72nd at FanDuel than not because my original lineup that never would have found its way to the top only ended up getting like 6K more. And it's not that I don't want the 6K. I just, I built to have a chance to actually get the 500,000. It just didn't work. Is there anything that people can take away from that sort of strategy in the tournaments that they're playing on DraftKings every single week? Because we see something like the big $20 this week or the big $5 this week or hell. Some of the higher stakes single entries in the 3 max actually have a more flat payout structure, yeah. which is probably 
I mean, this week is a little bit different, but just in general, like talk me through the theory of, you know, if you're not first, you're last kind of thing. Yeah, especially in these tournaments, like we talk about all the time, but the biggest factor is really knowing what you're going up against in the field and just being willing to go against that. Even if you know it does put you in last, you want it to put you in first. We, we lose all kinds of weeks. Look at all the weeks <laughs> we come back and say, oh, if this, then that, of course, but we have all these losing weeks, but you want to have the big weeks pay off and pay off in an amount that matters. And you just compare it back to my trip before. You're joking me traveling around the world in Denver at the DraftKings final, I had three entries. So I was able to play my sort of, Yes, I've got the good stuff covered like everybody else. I was able to play another lineup that was sort of an offset to that. And then I played a YOLO lineup. My YOLO lineup there also did not do well, but it's that's the whole point is the YOLO lineup can be the one that pays off. I think it especially matters. So in single entry, everyone has a single entry. In those tournaments, people have five to 10. That's why I always say it like, for example, for golf would say the 555 every week. People are running 18 to 39 lineups, depending on what the week is and the max is. Some people have their one ticket, and this is where I would apply it. Don't just play your safest cash game lineup to try and, because someone who has the 19 or the 39 lineups has almost exact same lineup as you or a slight variation. Don't play an off the wall if you don't think it's going to have a chance. But if you feel good about a 6K low owned guy, or you think there's a 10K guy that's got no ownership on him this week and you want to take a shot, that's where I would do it to get different. You don't have to go completely off the wall, but you have to be different than what the field, rest of the field is doing. Make any bets this week? No, I did actually. I made uh, Hatton and Finau for the match play, and then a lot. Uh, I don't even actually have them all in front of me, but for the the Punta Cana, man, that's a, a wild field. And even the Corn Ferry Tour has some crazy names over there this week that we're used to playing a lot of. So I'm not sure. And, and then Skyler, our guy had the. I think it was he pointed out yesterday on Twitter. Maybe it was Ben Coley had like a 1500 to one guy. It's already dropped to 500. I got it at a thousand though. So uh, there's a lot of good bets out there this week for sure. So I ended up making four wagers for the match play. I bet Rom. At 13 to 1. I think Rom's probably going to win. Okay. So I figured, you know, if he's going to win, let's bet him. And 13 to 1 was a pretty good number. There were 14s at DraftKings Sportsbook most of the week. And I know that people jumped on that. I apologize for my voice, by the way. I was going to do a Putacana show for tomorrow, but I think I'm just going to rest the voice. Good idea. Make sure that it's going to be okay. It's Mac, important. Max Homa, I got in the boost uh, at 25 to 1. Hatton, I hit with everyone at 40 to 1 along with Feinberg. And then I bet Mav McNeely, 125 to 1 with four placement points. So I'm trying to pick and choose from each of the quadrants to see if I can somehow get my guys to go head-to-head in the Final Four or something like that. Just getting one of these guys for the Final Four would be you know, outrageous to begin with, but hopefully it's going to be wrong, I guess. I like the Homa one, just to note. I, I like Homa as well. I think that his path, along with Cantlay's path in that bottom quadrant, is a, it's not <sighs> easy. We Listen, some guy that like no one had ever heard of came out of his group last week in Kanaya or whoever yeah. it was. So I just want to see those two play each other. That's why I get so excited with that. I really want to see the battle, like after what they have to get through to get to that spot of Cantlay versus Homa, all the buildup. It's a five-day event for us. Like I really do love this event. It sucks it's going away, not just for DraftKings purposes. I think the course is great. I think it sets up well perfectly for match play. We always get to see some good stuff, and that would just be an epic battle, especially where it happens on the grid, right, once they get there. Uh, I did bet three group winners. Okay. I bet McNeely plus 350, Davis Thompson plus 375, and Denny McCarthy plus 450. You know, he's in that group with Rory, so obviously Rory is going to steamroll that. Although I was looking at Denny's odds this morning. They opened at 125. I think they're down to like 75. Very popular sleeper this week. Yeah. I, I mean, the stuff going on with Rory, I know he did say now the, the most recent news is that he fixed that driver. He lengthened the shaft a little bit, and that's, it is still a stealth two, but it's going to be good to go. And I'll wait and watch me at Augusta in a, few, in a couple weeks or whatever, but... Uh, I think uh, Denny McCarthy at 6,900 this week, at least for DraftKings, makes some sense. It does, but he's going to be very popular. He may be, it may become that way. One thing I was going to talk to you about right away, but I noticed, like I mentioned a little bit pre-show to you, of how some of these paths that these guys guys have. I know it's match play, anything can happen, but like the Cantleys, the Hattons, the Homas, some of those ones that even Xander, you could put a Rom, you talked about, all these ones where they look like they're going to get there. Uh, it makes me think we need more of these 6K guys in our pool versus... Got, got a lot. I right, but but, I'm, but I think when you see, like, you know, look, I got the printed one and the real one, but just going off it here, but, like, the Hoagies, the Minwoos, the Kisners, they're all in that 7K, and if they become the more popular plays, we have to take a chance on, you'd mention it, the Davis Thompsons of the world. Seb Straka. The McCarthys. Yeah, I'm sure you'll try and sell me on all these bad plays, but I'll, I'll try and steer you off some of them at least, hopefully. Well, but it's going to be great. Hey, I tried to sell Ben Raza on Zach Blair last week, <laughs> and he talked me out of it, and all of a sudden the guy's good. inside the top 10. You so. know what? I liked Zach Blair last week. It sucks. So but should. it wouldn't have made a difference because I also liked Matt Fitzpatrick. Yeah, that was bad news. Definitely. That was very bad news. And <laughs> Adam Hadwin, also very bad news. Maybe a not week this ago. week. For me, uh, three of them. P- 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 uh, I bet Martin Trainer 275 to 1. 
with five places and Batia at 30. Yeah, I want to bet that Batia number. I, mean, I guess it opened at 50 in some places that oh, I don't really? have. I missed so that. I missed that one. But yeah, we'll, I'll see about that one. We'll wait and see. But uh, that, that's going to be a fun tournament for bets wise, at least. There is some good DraftKings contests up. It, are there good As well. Are, uh, well are fair good fair enough. Like I think the $5 pays 20K to first. So yeah. again, depending on what you want to put into it, pretty good return on that. But uh, it's, it's always top heavy when you get to these alternate events. And Thirsty Lawrence over on Euro, 33 to 1. Bet him with you on that of one of course yeah he almost got it done last week he ended up losing by like 10 but he was like three shots off going into the final round just did, did shot even power uh, when everyone else went low yeah did, did you bet the bat the batchum guy nick bat i forget i forget his name nick but anyway, i think he plays basketball no not nicholas batum nick i think it's nick batchum but anyway he was like 100 and he's down to 60 or 70 so good another one good good closing line value so far yeah, maybe I'll, I'll continue to take a look at that all the information for the match play all the final bets everything like that is going to be available in the mayo media newsletter that's down in the description you can subscribe for free right now get it sent directly to you i'll be doing that well, probably an hour after we finish this show to make sure the people have it and they can use the information one and done i took cantlay jeff took minwoo and cuss took cameron young new new caddy with cameron young to sorry is he just going to win majors now? He's going to win. He's going to win something, and that that is a good pickup. And definitely for both, it's a good pickup. I think it's going to make sense. I know that's the caddy narrative with the stuff with Scotty and you know when Bones hopped on JT's bag and all that stuff. But in and reality, Ted, and I, Ted Scott and Scheffler. That's what I, said. I thought. Who did I say first? I thought maybe I said someone maybe else. Maybe you did. I said Scotty and then JT. Yeah, those I'm are on, the two. I'm on a lot of meds. That's good. <laughs> that's good for you. <laughs> the, uh, the the two of those are the ones that people will talk about. But it's not uh, Cameron Young is going to win soon either way. Like, it just, I don't think it matters, but this definitely can help. It, it can matter in the sense that, like, we talk about it. These caddies can add a stroke or, or something, or save a stroke, I should say, at some of these courses. So, not sure if it's going to be majors, but the guy did come T2 in two majors last season, Cameron Young. What are we doing for our one and done? We're slipping because Fitz did, uh, you were gone. Fitz did. I would have went with you on that one, so I feel good about that. Okay. I'm okay with it. It didn't turn out well. No, it's Okay. You know, we, we we can make it up. Lots of uh, designated events coming up. You talked earlier about getting Fantasy National through the Masters. There's even the designated event the week after at the RBC at Heritage. The Heritage. So there's lots of stuff going on that we're going to be able to pick these points up. But this is a big one for us. So what did you what did you have in mind? Who are you thinking? Because I, I will, we'll talk about it when we get to other stuff later and go through more of it. But some of these these one seeds have not been the best. So maybe if there's a secondary, you know, well, guy that we like, we could go with that. But I, I'm, I'm not sure what we have versus what you want to th- – think about using so i have all the records for i went through and manually calculated all the records for the players over the past three match play events at this course okay because i didn't think it was going to be like maybe three years is too much but like to look back at 2016 when jason day was awesome versus jason day the past three years where he's like one in five or something like that that's probably a better reflection of who jason day is rather than the guy who was the number one player in the world seven years ago right so i did notice when trying to figure out group stages and everything like that a lot of the guys who were the best in this event went to live. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I mean, the Louis, the Polters. Dustin, Sergio. Yeah. Like, all those guys were just really good in this event, weirdly enough. I don't mm-hmm. know why. Even Answer was good in this event. Yep. Um, so we're missing that mid-tier. So it could be anyone. Like, do you think that we should go with a one-seater? Do you think that we should take a sleeper-type player? I, I think that we should take, you know, for sure getting out of the first round. And then what does their path look like after that? I don't know. Like, again, when we talk Scheffler, I think that is a harder group than some might think. I think Scheffler, yeah, and I, I know how be, good he's been, but I'm just it saying. It may be the hardest group. It's very tough because it's, you know, can come out of nowhere with those guys. Noren, incredible record. He's one of the ones that are still behind. That was one of the guys. When I was trying to think of who was going to upset Scheffler in this group. Noren was the like or Davis Riley putting week. I was just going to tell you my first matchup bet of the week because it is the first matchup, maybe not of the week, but of the first setup that they're going against each other. It's always the one versus four of the group. I am going to take Riley over Scheffler. And if that happens, that means Scheffler's not getting out of the group, so I'll be lighter on him. I mean, we're, I'm giving it away right now, just talking about what we're going to go through. But uh, he's come for, he won last year. He was second the year before. He's incredible. He's playing amazing. But in this type of format, I got no problem going that route just to do it. And it's always this too, Pat. I'm sure you saw the stats and know, but it's almost 80% of the time the first the first matchup winner gets out of the groups. And there's two of them. So it's going to be the winner of Kim and Noren gets a win assuming it's not a tie, the winner of Riley and Scheffler, and then those two have the best chance to get out. So you got to take a shot on Riley. And I like him this week for DraftKings too. Riley will win the first match, then Scheffler will still find a way to get out. Oh, God. That, that stuff has happened with guys like Spieth and shit in yeah. the past where it's so so annoying. You're like, oh, I got through this. And Reed is another one. They figured out Reed was yeah. obviously very good as well. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that you wouldn't want to face in match play that are over there. And funny enough, they don't have a, a match play event. They're focused on teams. 
I, I think their last one's a match play, like a team match play event, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, in general, though, uh, I saw Rick talking about like the what the PGA should do is like a super world match play. And I thought that was an incredible idea. Like if you had like 132 players, like a dueling thing, and they get down and you just have the biggest prize pool, like just the massive match play tournament, that would be incredible because they don't have the Masters, right? The PGA just the PGA players play at the Masters. If the PGA Tour had this, I know they're getting rid of match play, which I think is crazy. It's once a year. Well, couldn't you do like a – I actually kind of like the live format a little bit of – I think it is – with the four guys on your team, like two of them play together and it's two single matchups. Mm -hmm. That's how your team gets calculated because you have the three matchups. What if you just took four players from each country and maybe you could designate the United States in like West Coast, Southern, Northeast, Florida or something like that. Just because there's so many players from the United States. So they have four or five teams and then every other country gets picked their four best and then there's a match play that way uh, something like that would be great too i'm not sure how in tune you're out of the world baseball championships or whatever not, but not very but it's I, i'm not like focused on it every night but if you watch like the trey turner walk-off bomb some of these things happen now we're getting japan versus usa someone said it on twitter and i thought it was pretty pretty good ideas like that's how you grow the game you want to get the most watched baseball game you have usa versus japan there's a lot of people going to be watching that baseball game. If we could get something like that going in golf, it would definitely be a lot of eyes tuning in. Rory is a one and done. Yeah, def- definitely an option here. I mean, that's the one I'm saying. So here's the thing in that grid going down there, tying it all together. But Hatton is going to be extremely popular on DraftKings. He's at a popular bet by all of us. I have him going to the finals in my bracket. So, yeah, yeah, yeah of course. I-, I had him through. But... The group of Stallings, Bradley, who's horrible at match play, and McCarthy, the most popular 6K sleeper, most likely. Seems like Rory steamrolls that. And then even if it is Hatton, Hatton extremely popular. We've seen this plenty of times. If he even gets out of the first group. If not, it's Ben Griffin, Herbert, or Henley. Uh, I guess, honestly, Henley might scare me the most. I I was going to say Herbert scares me the most. One of those two could be the guy, yeah. Like, we've got the Herberts, the Moronks, the Victor Perez's, all the Euro players, and and the Norns that we talked about that people know. It could just be that type of tournament this year. But Well, it's it's not only that. Drew Matthews kind of pointed this out. Like, he looked at the five best ball strikers from the first round last year, the first three matches. I think they all got eliminated, and the guys who just rode hot putters were the ones who got there. And the guys that rode the hot putters were the guys that you probably would have guessed were going to ride a hot putter. It was like Mad McNeely. He was the only one of the hot putters who didn't get out of his group, although he never lost a match. He went 2-0-1. Right. So that's why, that's why I was thinking, like, I think that's why people like Denny, and I think that's smart why they like Denny. Like, what's the one skill that he has that is probably overemphasized in this event and can just make you beat Rory and a single batch. I yeah. think Herbert kind of has that too. He's a very good chipper, very good putter. Doesn't really do anything else well, but you just have to hope that he's not like putting it into the water. Yeah, that, that's the difference. The good news is in this format, obviously you can get away with it, but like one we'll talk about later, talk about a putter's chance, but Taylor Montgomery. Yeah. He has blow up holes. Those are fine in match play, but if his putter gets hot, he's going to end the, like he's going to be able to end that group and move on pretty quickly. Could actually have some matchups where he just smashes them if that's the case. So, I like plays like that. I do think Rory though so far from who you mentioned is definitely the most interesting. Do we have Rory? Yeah, we do have Rory and yeah. I mean, we can either save him for a major although this one is still almost 4 million dollars to first place. The only reason that I mentioned Rory, like I don't have a ton of faith in Rory. I bet on Denny to win that pod. But in terms of one and done strategy, no one is using Rory. Right. And then the other factor is, like I said, even when he gets through that second group, I'm not too worried about. And let's say you go to the the quarterfinals there, Xander Hoagie, Wise Davis. So let's say it's even Xander. Who cares? Fitzpatrick, Thigala, Minwoo, Spawn. The more you think about it and look at it that way, the more it gets a little bit more interesting. So uh, what other ones do you see? That's what we'd have to look at here. I'll try and move this over so I can. Zalatoris was another one because I just find his group to be useless. Mm-hmm. Fox, English, and Putnam. I actually am playing Putnam. I'm playing Putnam. I'm playing Putnam Andre. But he's another one. Just he's a hot putter. Stone minimum six k. Yeah, just go make some putts, Andy. Yeah, See and they're kind of, he's someone. kind of just like the value play because he's going to be sacrificial when it comes to like the Rom, Cam Youngs, the guys that probably just destroy him when it gets to the quarterfinals. But again, he may be the guy that you need to unleash the rest of the bracket when you're talking about DraftKings where you need to fit these guys that cost more. But if you think about it the other way too, like Zalatoris has probably pretty easy time. I mean, that's all we're trying to do here. Can we find someone to get out of their group and then roll the dice? That's all this is in terms of one and done. Yeah, I still like staying with Rory over that pod. Let's go to the other pods quick just to Can't, compare. Can't lay. Cantlay is another one. We have him? Uh, yes. I thought we used him. Okay, because he, he's the other one. Like, look at what he goes up against. Harmon, KH, Nick Taylor. Again, any of those guys could beat him. It's match play. But the next group of Burns, Power, Scott, Hadwin, 
Not too worried about that. And then it's like Homa Decky Kisner. Or hot putting Taylor Montgomery. Taylor Montgomery. Like again, that it, it can't layer Rory. Seem pretty solid here to get out. And up top, I find to be the hardest one unless you wanted to risk Hovland. But even that first group, like I'm honestly worried. Like the Kucher matchup, Kucher alone, it's just Kucher. I get it versus Hovland. But if Hovland doesn't have the putter or the around the green game isn't there or anything like that, Kucher on Pitai courses on top of his match play record here and in general, even that's just round one. I'm saying like that's just matchup one. Hovland got stuck with three Pete Dye guys. Yeah. Kirk, Kirk Siwoo, and Kucher. That was one from last night that I'm already, that's why you follow the content. But coming around from last night with Kenny, I just loved Hovland. And the more I did work last night after the pod and looking at it this morning, the, the key point you just brought up, I was like, man, I could actually, I like Siwoo. I was he, like, I, he I, might I, come last in this pod. Yeah, could, could, he could be a problem. And I think he'll be popular. So like that one to me stood out. So I, yeah, I'm between Rory or Cantlay. Now we'll go to what our normal process here is. Are we saving Cantlay? For Memorial. Memorial. That's what we talked about in the past. So I think we go Rory. Rory, you could use anywhere, but this is a big prize pool. But we don't need to save Cantley for Memorial. Like Cantley's coming in playing great golf at the moment. Yeah. Ah, oh man. Where do we want to use Rory at if we don't use him here? We could use Rory anywhere. But we could, we could use, literally use Rory anywhere. We could play, use him at play, Augusta. Play, wait, and see. We might use him at Augusta. Yeah. Yeah, let's And look. they're they're back at Royal Liverpool this year where he won his Open Championship. I kind of like having Rory in the bag now that when you say it like that, just thinking about it. Yeah, now that we haven't. Like, we've burned Scheffler. We've burned Rom. We yeah. don't have Homa. We don't have Morikawa, but we have everyone else basically And, and Kent lays a path play on top of how good he's been playing, like you said, but he makes perfect sense. The way we just talked through the entire bracket, to me, that is the guy that we should go with. Patrick Cantlay it is. Cantlay it is. We're Lock in, in. 536th place now. Yeah, not too worried about it. Two weeks ago, we were in first place. <laughs> After round one. After round one. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid Rom. Rom has screwed me. He screwed us that week. Then he screwed me at the players when I had 80% Rom on DraftKings. Oh, man. We, we needed that one, but that, that would have been fun just to be at the top. But we'll get back there. This is a good start. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Can you tell people about DraftKings strategy this week? Because I think there are two camps. One is build your teams with one player from each quadrant in order to maximize your lineup. And another camp of people are like, that's stupid. And those are the two people. Yeah, I think the second one is stupid because that's the uh, the set- setup is pretty obvious. It's been that way. Even last year, 15 lineups had people get through to the final four. My guy Harry, birdie monster on DraftKings, he ended up winning it on Saturday. 
because he had everybody he had, I think it was Mav McNeely like blitzed the day before, which was the best value play needed now. And once that was done and he had the final four in that you get every single point on the way out, including the ones in the consolation match, which is annoying down the stretch, but that is what changes the, the tides in the top of these t- large field tournaments. But because this goes back to what you asked me earlier, like what can you tell people for the game theory and all that sort of stuff, like the strategy, I guess, going into these things, uh, it's super top heavy. It's 200K up top in the main $20 on DraftKings. You are going to have to, I think you're just going to have to have it again. Again, lots of things can shake out differently, but I wouldn't build any different than trying to get the guys where they can get there, like to the, you know, six into the final eight and then the four into the final four. Like that's kind of how you want to build it out optimally. There is some some talk and strategy of people talking about double ups, which it's not what we talk about on the show. And that's completely different because I, I had the strategy last year and it was wrong because it was based off what had happened two years ago when it was like insanity. Mm-hmm. I think that's, was it two years ago? The final four was like Scheffler, Horschel, Kucher, and Vic Perez. Like no one had anyone in the final. Like people I think had it was, Scheffler. yeah, yeah. Because people had like Scheffler and Kisner. What happened that year? Kisner beat Scheffler? Yeah. Or? No, Horschel beat. Horschel beat Scheffler. Yeah. Kisner was, I think. But I, I, like and no one had a four of four yeah. in the final four because no one had Vic Perez. Yeah. Either way, after looking at that, it's like, what if I just stack three guys from one and three guys from another, and hopefully try to get them to play each other in the final four or something like that. Like take Rom, Horschel, Mitchell, and I don't know, Hatton, Herbert, and Henley. And hopefully one of those guys goes through. Would that be enough points to win, like to get you with a double up? In double ups, I think people are considering something like that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that's the proper. But strategy. but again, I get why in a double up they're just saying if I just get one guy to the final four, that could be enough. And if and they pro- get into and the probably winners, is. and you start, you just rack all those points in the end where everyone else tried to make their. Oh, I got my favorite optimal lineup <laughs> that I made that I like the best with Putnam or with McCarthy or something like that, and then a bunch of it flames out, and you have nobody getting anywhere, and you're already down to a two of six, if you will, getting into the next round and then they die and now you're out versus that person has more odds to get it there. Again, I don't have the exact math on it, but not what I would be doing in these large field tournaments. It's almost like MMA in a sense where in MMA, you're kind of like when they brought the late swap to MMA, I know it's gone, but people were recalculating after the first setup, how many lineups do I have left that could be optimal? What's the optimal move now? You can't change these lineups after the fact, but my point is when you set it up, you're just, your pool of 150 is going to die some on day one, but how many are left over? Okay, now I've got these outs to the top and you're trying to get to the end where when Sky posted out last year, I think Birdie Monster had three of those 15 and then he's sitting there waiting saying, oh, wow, I just need one of these to come through. The Mad McNeely play goes off. I forget what he was, like seven and six, like whatever it was. He just destroyed the guy, gained all those points, their holes not played, all that stuff. And now he was just the leader and won a day early because there was no chance anyone could beat him with having all of those final four. So I'm building that way and then you're just hoping your pool makes sense as it gets down to the the top. Is there a way, like, I mean, obviously there's only 64 players in this. Mm-hmm. Are you maxing 150? I'm maxing 150. And my player pool will probably be somewhere in the range of 35, maybe 40. Because, uh, again, when I have 150, I want some outs there. But obviously that means there's guys that are less owned. Probably 20 guys are actually the core pieces with five to seven being the main core. Like, this is the guys you're expecting to come out and going heavy on. I know his pool last year, because I looked it up, was 27 guys and as high as 66% on one player. So keep that in mind when you're building it down. However, again, risk reward when it comes to that stuff, but obviously that's what puts you in the better position when you're heavy on that. If your top four guys come through, I mean, you you only need two of them or three of them to come through and you're in great shape. So that's what I'm thinking about when I'm building up my pool here. And the issue even in double ups with taking too many guys from the same pod is, yes, you're going to get wins, but your other guys basically have no chance to score those periphery points like you talked about with someone like Mad McNeely. And I know yeah. that was GPP related, but him getting that seven and six win, like you kind of need someone to do, have the opportunity to do something like that where your guy isn't also the victim of yeah. that at the same time. So if you that do. That argument is, again, I don't even know if it's good based on the math because other people like Sky or someone like that or Rick or those guys can figure that stuff out and post it out there. But the point was in smaller field, so like a high dollar 12 man. $920 buy-in, 12 people playing, or in a double-up where 50% of the field gets paid and it's just the most, you just got to get in that upper half. That's where people were making this argument for because they're like, who cares? It's so hard to pick an optimal that's going to find it. That's the whole point of your MME process in the large field stuff and why we're building those ones optimally, of course, to try and have it that way and hoping that I believe last year there was still 30% or 28% of the field was quote-unquote dead going in. So, I mean, the year before, I think it was upwards of 60 or at least when this started off, it was really bad in the beginning. So I just was looking back at some of Skyler's stuff last night. He does the thread and posts it all uh, out throughout the I'll, week. I'll have all of those linked in the newsletter today as Perfect. well. Perfect. 
yeah, definitely want to follow him this week. Any every week for for that matter for the ownership and stuff. But when he does this, it's great fun to follow along throughout the week. Cut Sweats has some good stuff that you can do. Like all all these sites and stuff. This is a week I rely on the rest of the industry and appreciate that we have all these good people out there doing this stuff because it's very helpful going in. It makes it for a fun week. It is a five day sweat, so you can't really ask for much more. And again, it's once a year. I know some people hate match play. I personally like it. I just I just love the battle of the back and forth outside of even all this stuff. But to round it all out, Pat, that's the strategy. What I talked with Kenny last night on the Fantasy Golf Degeneres podcast, I think is more fun for me anyway, is the game theory. I think people confuse those as being the same thing. To me, the strategy is how you build your lineups. The idea of your player pool though and what you do is the game theory of it like you talked about where if everyone's going to Denny McCarthy, that means less people would be playing Rory McIlroy. You can go against that way. I I brought one up last night. Uh, Fantasy National loves Tom Hoagie. Why? Good reason. He's incredible with those irons and on approach. But if everyone likes Tom Hoagie, he's 7,700 this week. You're not playing, you're only playing at most one of those eight guys in his quadrant. Well, Minwoo Lee is $100 less than Tom Hoagie. You're not playing them together if you're playing optimally into these tournaments because they would play each other in the Sweet 16. So every Tom Hoagie lineup can just be global swapped to Minwoo Lee, leave 100 bucks on the table, and hopefully he's lesser owned than Hoagie. I'm not sure your feel on that, but I kind of like Minwoo Lee in, in that spot this week. I like Minwoo Lee a lot as well. So let's talk about building lineups and ownership and how we can probably make some different decisions here. Fantasy national-wise right now, let's get updated again in real time the closer we get to everything. The top six in terms of ownership. Hatton, number one. Homa, Cantlay, Denny, Cam Young, and Hoagie, like you mentioned. Those are the ones kind of popping up. And then it's like Scheffler, Zalatoris, Taylor Montgomery, Yeah, the Fleetwood. secondary options. But that's uh, a good start, and that definitely sounds right. With Rory around like... 12%. And I don't like Rory either. Yeah. But the Rory thing is, is such a big deal. I know we just did this whole run through for one and done and then opted to go Cantley. That's fine. We have our reasons. We talked through the process. You heard it. But the Rory thing here now is like, this is what I'm trying to say about the game theory of it all. Every, okay, of the names you mentioned, Cantley, 10-7. Homa, I believe is 10-1 or 10-3. I can't remember. Um, McCarthy and Hatton. That was four of the top plays. Here's what makes Rory a good play. Whether it works out or not, we'll find out. But McCarthy's literally in the same pod as him. So anyone using Denny is not using Rory. And likely, if you're using Hatton, you're also not using Rory. You're definitely not. I mean, Hatton and McCarthy are in that same eight of you're at most one. So that's that. But then also the price factor of where Rory is priced is in between Cantlay and Homa. So you could fit two of them. I'm not saying you can't, but I'm saying for every if everyone's going that route of not not saying everyone's also to have Cantley and Homa in the same lineup because they're popular, but that definitely takes a spot away from being able to use another 10k guy. So that's the game theory of of Rory right there. And if Rory actually comes in at 10 to 12 percent, then he's a great play going in based on those factors. The lowest owned of all of these guys is going to be Spieth. Yeah, where, let me pull up Spieth here. Spieth, Lowry, Montgomery, Hughes. Everyone's playing Montgomery. Oh yeah, th- this is kind of I, I I think the group of death is. Uh, the, maybe the Kawa group, Group 9, with like Day, Svensson, Perez, how good those guys have all been playing. Or Group 1. Yeah, or Group 1, of course. That's, I think, more of a personal preference where we're saying that it's not as easy for Scotty as it might be. Those guys are obviously well, all he, he also capable. he also drew the number one two seed in Tom Kim. He's the 17th seed. Mm-hmm. He could have drawn whoever the 36th seed is in that spot instead. Instead, he drew Tom Kim. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who the 36th seed was. I, I don't know either. I have to look through these little numbers on the page. That's what I was just thinking. It's just Corey thinking. Connors. Oh, hey, could be just as bad. He's a guy I kind of like this week. Nah, but so you want Strocker, Davis Thompson in that group. That's what everyone's saying. I think I, I think I want Corey Connors. But the um, the thing you were just talking about, the the guys up there, is, going back to 12, sorry, with Spieth, is Montgomery. Spieth plays Hughes, the Canadian Jordan Spieth, right out of the gate. A guy that definitely could do it. And, but again, you do look at Spieth. I think we've done this in the past where it's like, oh, Spieth's not going to do it. It's, you know, it's not really his style, all these things. And then you realize that, remember, he can have those blow-up holes and get away with it. Plus, on top of the times, he, sometimes he doesn't even blow up. He has the blow-up drive, but then the hole still goes okay. So that's kind of the issue with that one. I don't like Lowry as much. I would take a shot on Taylor Montgomery, though, like we talked about earlier, a putter's chance. He also can have those blow-up holes, but I think he can beat Lowry in his first matchup. And then I think he can beat the winner of Hughes and Spieth. So I really do kind of like Montgomery there as well. But Spieth will be low-owned and is a good play for that reason. I'm not using Rory or Spieth. I've already made my lineups. They're already in. This is the one week where weather doesn't really make a difference. I mean, it can make a difference on the actual play. 
but it's not really going to affect how you judge. They play against each other. In the they same they play against each other. What yeah. are you same do? as the course. Like when people talk about the course history or the the setup, it's like the course history can matter in your matchups, how they've done here. But in the setup of like what's going on at the course this week, they're they're playing each other on the same course. So, so my and this is the first lineup I wanted to build out. Let's say we start our lineups with Scotty Scheffler and John Rom. Guess what? I just got the ability to do it now. The site I used is, was not working, but now it is. So just one second here. So we are going match play, get off Punta Cana. Because I would guess that instead of doing those two, like you could go Rom can't lay, Scheffler can't lay, because you do save a little bit of money, or people will go to Homa in that spot. Uh, but this kind of gets you off of a lot of the very top end high price plays. Mm -hmm. Both these guys are going to be popular. But played together, I very much doubt that. Yeah. Considering so, you have seven grand left per player. But there are guys at the bottom. Like someone like Seb Straka, for example. Like I, I don't see why Cam Young, Straka, Connors, Davis Thompson. Like that entire group. Yeah, but Straka's not going in this lineup. Yeah, he's not going in this lineup. But if it's talking about that one in general, like that one seems like a complete crapshoot to mm -hmm. me. And if I did really think, if I needed the money, this is where I think we differ a little bit. I, if I'm thinking like I'm building this lineup with the intention of having Rom versus Scheffler, like that is the idea behind it. And I'm giving myself fewer outs. But if it meant I could play Davis Thompson at the very bottom based on the other picks that we make, and he's all I need him to do is win his group or something like that, and then he loses to Rom, like whatever, I'm still fine with that. Yeah, I'm not building any lineups that way. But yes, okay. that's what I'm saying. I would just like you're going to me, you're going like Victor Perez here, right? Because you're going across the board and saying, okay, Perez will meet Scheffler, but it won't be till the. Uh, the elite eight and then one of them gets to the final four so you, you could build like that but uh, i'm not putting davis thompson who's going to meet rom right away in the round of 16 all right we could use lucas herbert instead of taking hatton yes i like that call. cam cam davis who i like that's not tom hoagie in that group or yeah. even aaron wise and cam davis against herbert could end up being a thing so that's fine and now it gets us more in that mid-tier range and now we hop over if our taylor montgomery pick is good that leaves us on who else do we like here? We'll leave us on Mimu, but we can't play him because we already have. Um, well, this also becomes Cam interesting, Davis. too. Like, you could use. I think we can use Hadwin, right? Yeah. So, if you have Hadwin and Montgomery meet up with Herbert and Her Herbert and Cam Davis, and then you have Rahm and Scheffler steamroll, this lineup works. Well, I was going to go with Seamus Power. Instead of Taylor Montgomery? Yes, instead of Taylor Montgomery, and then I actually do really like Chris Kirk, who's at the bottom of that Scheffler bracket. So Power and Kirk, you're saying? Yeah, Power and Kirk as the two, and I don't think people are using Power and Kirk. Not to say that I need everyone to be like super contrarian in this lineup, but I objectively like those two players. No, but I also want to see here, because this is what the hard part of going back and forth for content stuff is, <laughs> is like trying to figure this out. So if you got Power coming through mm -hmm. to meet up with... And then Kirk and Ra or Kirk and Scheffler Kirk meeting and, up. Kirk and Scheffler meet Rahm up. And then Rom with Davis and Herbert. Yeah, that's fine too. Yeah, that that would work. I mean, definitely, definitely works. And some of the stuff too is like, you say, first of all, not a lot of people are playing Scotty and Rom, even though one rolls over the other. That could be the way it sets up. And then you've got Herbert, who we already made a good reason for, and that's huge leverage over the Hatton ownership and just that quadrant in general, where people are going one of Hatton or. Denny McCarthy, like you talked about, and because you're in the same value range as that as well. Instead of having Denny McCarthy, you've got Cam Davis, who's in the group above. And look at his group. It's it's Wise, Hoagie, Shoffley, where it's like you, you have a setup there that makes sense. So that, that lineup definitely works. And I like both of them. I, I kind of like the I, – I like Montgomery, so I kind of like that one too. But, yeah, I just think if he gets hot, it could be a, a solid price at 7400 But I do like this build. No – there's no a, 9Ks, no 8Ks, no 10Ks. I like that, too. There's also a different way. You could take out Kirk and Power and replace them with Burns and Putnam. Okay. And that also works out the same way. And then Putnam ends up being the guy that meets up with Rom. You still have Cam Davis down below with Herbert. And you have Power. You have Burns in the Power spot in the bottom left. And then you still have... So you have, you have Burns and Scheffler meeting up is how it would have to go, In right? the final four. Yeah, yeah, which is all you yeah. need. I'm saying, but that, that can still get you the six guys through, and then you have the setup where those four meet in the final. I, I don't like Burns, just in my mind, but I do think that he's kind of a good play here. Because everyone wants to play Homa, everyone wants to play Cantlay. Obviously, Spieth is kind of up and down, but Burns is cheaper and lower owned than Spieth. 
and he stole a one seed. Looked like he found something on Sunday. I know it's the Valspar his specialty, that's, but to get to the, the so T6, tough to figure out. Well, what I'll say though is this: usually, when when someone finds something on Sunday on a standard non-match play, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, people say that we love a great Sunday round. I've said it plenty of times in the past, and I do. But here, it doesn't seem like it's applicable because no one's using it. He doesn't have a history. It's not really a spot. Like you know, the guy can putt. He can definitely find a putter here himself. And then the fact of where he sets up in the grid, people already have Cantley winning that. So it's like that's the whole point. Is the oh, and they won't play as much because even if he gets through, he runs into Cantley. I don't hate it from that perspective. That could be a huge leverage spot on this on the whole grid overall. Fitzpatrick is the other one who I'm not playing. Fuck that guy. But interesting. I like Min Woo there, but who else do you like? I guess Thigala. Thigala is going to be pop. Thigala is going to be the popular one in that group. He can't be popular though. Why not? Because look at because Hoagie, because Davis, because yeah. But you're also thinking Min that Wu. people are going to build optimally. Doesn't They're, matter. I'm, I just saw the ownership from last year. No one gets extremely popular anyway. Like no one comes in at forty percent in this tournament. No, but like you want to play Thigala, you can play Thigala. What would you say are the like? Do you think Thigala will be higher owned than Minwoo? I like Minwoo better than Thigala. I think Minwoo will be higher owned than Thigala. Well, he should be because he's a better player. And because he makes more sense and because he's got the $100 difference from Hoagie where people will just play one or the other once they land on that because you can. Like, that's the other thing too, right? I do, I do this stuff all the time. People look at this. People are going to build a lineup, see where they land, even hand builders, and say, oh, Hoagie fits. Oh, I heard Tambo say that you can also just play Minwoo in every Hoagie lineup. Import lineup. Go to Min Woo. Like, that is what's going to happen, and that just creates it where all that means is no Thigala. And then there's going to be people say, hmm, no one's playing Xander if they're going Rory, Cantlay, Homa, the big dogs. Like, they can't, they just can't be getting to Xander, right? With Hoagie there, with everything going on. So now Xander gets a little bit of ownership, and that still takes from Thigala. Like, Thigala just can't be owned. Here are the 10 best putters in this field. I, I ran a mixed condition model. 50% weighted the past 50 rounds, 50% weighted the past 12 rounds. So long-term good versus short-term good. Who is the best of all? It's McNeely, Montgomery, Burns, Rom, and Homa. Those are your top five. Harris English, Andrew Putnam, Jason Day, Tyrrell Hatton, and Justin S would be the top 10 in this. Followed very quickly by Xander and Danny McCarthy. Okay, let's do something with this. So Mav, I heard. I love Mav. Yeah, but, but I mean, just going like by the groups here, Mav to me, going against M, Fleetwood, and Poston is definitely possible he could do what he did again from last year. I, I don't love, the one thing I don't love about him, I will say just being a full disclosure, is that I don't like that a lot of the conversation around Mav this week is based on one tournament here last year. Like, it's sure. not guaranteed to be the same thing by any means, of course. Not saying anyone is saying it's guaranteed, but I'm just saying that when, it, when the talking point is just that, it's not something I personally love going into this week. Oh, let's get on Mav again. It's going to happen again. But go ahead. I, I, that was just my two cents on him. I could see how that would be one thing, but if we're going to point to the reason to play him is chipping and putting and just go back and look at him this year. He's dealing with a shoulder problem. His approach has been god-awful so mm -hmm. far this year. The driving actually came back a little bit at Valspar, but the putting stats are outrageous. He hasn't dropped strokes putting since last year's Travelers Championship. Yeah, that can be so huge here. So I'm good, I'm good with it anyway <laughs> and based on groups. So go back to the top five again real quick. It was McNeely, Montgomery, Burns, Rahm, and Homa. Montgomery, Burns, Rom. Now Montgomery, Burns, and Homa are all in the same quadrant. But we can go Montgomery, Burns with Mav and call that Mr. side Mr. Burns? Dumb. Yeah, I like this. Just we're, well, Some stuff we've talked about already, just tying it together. Montgomery and his group, we already said he can beat it. Burns is huge leverage, not just because he can beat his group, but because everyone's going to be on Cantlay. So if he beats Cantlay, if he gets there, first of all, obviously, and then beats Cantlay, it's all if-thens, but that's what the whole point of this is is solid. And then on the other side, who, who were the last two that we didn't, we, we can't use Homa now, so that's fine. Rom. We can easily afford Rom, right? If we want to. I would think yeah, so. Yeah, we still have 8,000 left. So now who, who are some of the other guys coming in after that? Um, Putnam. Put Putnam. I'll just put him for now because we already said we could use Putnam. And really, I feel like Zalatoris is the, the trouble there. And if he gets through that, and then who does that leave us on here now that we're just... Uh, How much money do we have left? We're just shy of like a Xander or something. Who, who else can putt? Uh, Homa Ken, but we're not using, not using him. him. Day and Hatton and Xander. Hatton. So if we go Hatton, because we've already leveraged a lot of other stuff here, we have $1,000 left. It already projects even at 1000 on the table better than anything we've built so far, just of note. So that lineup works and you can just leave the money. That's the other thing. You can leave 1000 bucks on the table, no problem this week. Whatever you want. I'm just saying, like, don't, you don't need to fill out your roster completely if you don't want to, but... 
Then we could get off Putnam if we wanted. And go up $1,000 from Putnam? Yeah. I'm just Harris English, Denny McCarthy, Ben Griffin, Aaron Wise. Do you like Ben Griffin? No. I like. I do kind of like Aaron Wise the more I thought about it. He is the king of a big blow-up hole. And he is also a good leverage play there because you've got Hoagie and Cam Davis. Additionally, he has one career win. Where was it? Texas. That was right, where he got snubbed on the snubbed kiss. Snubbed by his girlfriend, yeah. Yeah. What was it, Byron Nelson? Yeah, the, one of the two years Trinity. they played at Trinity Forest on the Zoja grass. The Zoja, yeah, that, that is right. So Wise would work, right, if we go plug it in? Because you have McNeely top left. You've got Montgomery versus Burns. Montgomery Burns kind of sounds like a name or something. but What's well, Mr. Burns' name? That's right. <laughs> That's why you remind me. I was trying to remember this. Uh, one, two, three, you got that. And then we've got... Hatton, who is popular, but that's fine. And then you've got Wise, who he would meet up with. And then we have John Rahm to steamroll. Yeah, it's a nice lineup. That's that's your all-putting lineup. That's a very good lineup, though. It makes sense. Also, uh, oh, I was trying to mess around with it. I don't know if you can do anything here, but I was trying to take out Hatton. Right? If you take out Hatton. Take out Hatton, you can put in Day from the other side because he's not going to play McNeely until the Elite Eight. But then what do we have? Rom and Wise meeting up? Yeah. Does that leave us with anyone from the bottom right? I don't think it, it does. Yeah, it does. We've got Wise. It would be Wise versus Rom in the final four, and then our four guys from the other side that make it through. Okay. And But where does Day end up? Day would be against... Day would play McNeely in the Elite Eight. Day would play McNeely. He's in group, the third group from the top left. Day, McNeely, Burns... And Montgomery, yeah, that would still work. Yeah, that projects pretty similar too. But yeah, that that is uh, another good one that you could use. So, some ideas there. But I, I think that shows the other the other side of it. I was talking with Kenny last, and I was trying to figure this out. I was going to ask you: Is there like any of these first round matchups that you just see super lopsided? Because that's the other thing. Like if if you got Rom just roasting Ricky, then he's already through, and then he faces the winner of Billy Horschel and Keith Mitchell. Like that's why. If you love that, you should love Rom. That's kind of how I was putting it. I, I, I do love Rom. That's why I bet on Rom. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. So that, that's where I'm showing people like that's that's just how you can look at it too because I think it's like I said, it's almost 80% of the time whoever wins their first matchup moves on out of the group. And that's all you really want to do. Get as many guys to move out of the group as you possibly can. Sounds obvious and, and it's not easy. But my point is looking at some of these other factors and using that math to try and steer it in your direction is going to be helpful, I think, in something like this, especially if you're building like a single entry and you want to try your, your luck at that. I think that's kind of how you want to look at it. Where are the matchups day one? Who do we have here? I mean, Fitzpatrick plays Spawn. If he can just beat Spawn. So if you have a, a grid up, and for people at home watching and want to, to learn this, it's Rom versus Ricky. It's so, always, so, so it's one versus four, two versus three? Yeah. Okay. And then I believe it actually goes, don't quote me on this one, because we're only needing the first round to get the math part of it. But the second one, I think it's Rom versus Mitchell on day two. Like, then it's one versus three and, and the other, and so on and so forth. So, but for sure, it's Rom versus Ricky. It's Young versus Thompson. It's... Like, that's why I look at, look at, I don't know, your boy Davis Thompson, but man, Young, how does he not just steamroll out of this group? Because Young can't putt. It's true. But that's a real problem in a tournament like this. So that's why one of the guys I like there, it's not the round one thing that we just talked to, we're going off track here, but the, I do like Connors. Uh, I think Connors can beat Straka. And then. Yeah, but I think Straka could beat Connors too. Connors been bad, man. Yeah. Like, Connors usually is playing well this time of year, coming into this tournament in particular. Like, he always plays Bay Hill really well. He's always had a really good run at the players. He has not done that this year. He's been bad. He's got to get something going. Masters are coming up. He usually does. Well, he's got got Valero next week. He's won there before. Yeah, that's right. Also, that's why he's going to shine again this week. It's always how it works. And then he'll screw us at Valero, and then he'll do well at the Masters at a price that he shouldn't be at. That's how it's going to go. So, three-week stretch. There's a few flop lag guys that I did want to talk about. Okay. Fitzpatrick being one, Tom Kim being another. Is Tom Kim just people are seeing dead in the water because he's playing Scheffler? Maybe. Is that like this? The, it's just that group is hard. People, the reason, like, that's the, the one that happens. Like, it's almost like the Thigala factor where um, Davis Riley to upset Scheffler would be a hot start for him, and he's a cheap price, so I could see that. He's not going to be super popular. I'm just saying like, that's where people are trying to handicap this group, if you will. It's, it's Scheffler could just run away with it, but then it, what, what happens in the next group? Norin has his match play history. And Tom Kim, like, people loved him from the President's Cup and whatnot, and he battled there. I remember the battle with Max Homa. So, you know, down the stretch, he actually won me the President's Cup tournament that week, the GPP on DraftKings, the main. So uh, I think, you know, Tom Kim is a fine play. But then you look at it from, 
you know, what he runs into in the next round and how far does he get you? So I think he's going to be under-owned. Well, it's funny because whoever comes out of that Scheffler group, I feel like he's in really good shape because I'm not sweating. Like, listen, Morikawa can go ball strike to death here. He's going to have a, he's going to have one of these rounds where he doesn't putt and he's done. He might not even get out of the group. That's what I mean. Like yeah, he, he was three and zero in his group last year. The only thing I worry about is the day we've been watching how good he's been playing. We've been I, I, waiting for this back injury. This is a, a long event, a lot of <laughs> lot of rounds that you're playing back to backs and stuff like that. Where it's like if we have the day withdraw, that would really tilt me. So hopefully, uh, not speaking it into existence. But day looks pretty good. I, I talked about Svensson last night. Like if you talk about a guy again, he has to make the putts, but just ball strike. We, we, it's. I know you, you brought up the Drew Matthews stat, and I saw that too, and it's a good one. But like the you can you can ball yeah, strike someone to death. Are, listen, Corey Connors did come in third place last year. Yeah. So it's not inconceivable that things like this can happen. But I do think that there is a reason why you see guys like Kucher and Kisner and Horschel just end up in the final four. Yeah. yeah like regularly. Svensson just feels to me like the not comparison in play, and I mean they're literally in the same group this year. But the Victor Perez spot, where everyone you know Victor Perez just got there, and no one was on him a couple of years ago. And you talked about it, and he had his good run what was it, fourth or something like that. If Svensson's the guy, and you just bury this upper left quadrant. Say I'll just play Svensson and hope that he does enough. Maybe he gets to the elite eight and that rounds it out. But now I feel like you can feel more comfortable with your Homa Cantlay or your Cantlay Rom or whatever. Like if you let's do this one. If you go Rom, we like Rom. We like Cantley. If Svensson could just be our guy there and be the, the Corey Connors slash Perez style of the guy that just nobody's on that just gets you out, he's only 6,700 and gets you through. We have 7,200 left and we have Rom and Cantley. Pretty good paths. See, I, I'm worried about Moronk being that guy in the Rom quadrant. Yeah, but we can play Moronk in this lineup, right? No, no, I understand that. But just what you're talking about with Svensson, that's how I feel about Moronk. I'm going to put them both. I, I was going to bring him up. We didn't get to him yet, but Moronk is 6,400. We now have 7,600 left. Who, who do you want to play from this bottom right? That, that's what it comes down to here. I, I, it's funny because I keep playing Hatton because I've bet on Hatton to win, but I actually think the best play of all these guys is Xander. Yeah, so the good news here is we can't afford Xander, but does this work actually? No, your boy Davis Thompson's up there with Rom, so we can't do that. Sepp Straka is... We're not, are we playing Rom in this lineup? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to get Rom and Cantley, the pass that we like the most. Where, where was Sepp at again? Who's he going up against? Sepp is going up against. He's in the Davis Thompson group. He's in the Cam Young group. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. We can't play him. Hughes, Putnam. Where was Putnam at? Yeah, we, we run into it. I think we can do it with Putnam. So let, let, this actually projects pretty well. Let me make sure this makes sense. Rom meets up with Putnam in the Elite Eight. Mm -hmm. No, because Morocco is in it. So, no, I can't do that one either. Wise? Or is he too expensive? Too expensive. I was just I was trying to get a Rom Cantley Hatton. How about Lucas Herbert? No, he's in Hatton's he's, group. He's in the same, and you can't get him. That, that's why I say you struggle a little bit here. But I don't know who the other guy was that you like. If we didn't go Cantley, we could go back to Burns if you wanted. Sure. Let's try this. Just trying to see if it makes sense with some of these ones that we do feel pretty good about, and then that's actually a good leverage spot, and that leaves us eighty-one hundred. We're not playing Mitchell. Does it get us to Thigala? I mean, if we you're going to use Svensson, why don't we just use McNeely or Davis Riley? Okay, one second, because this projected the best, and then we'll go there. But I think this works. So if we have Hatton meeting up with Thigala in the Elite Eight, you keep Rom up top with Moronk. meeting up with Moronk, and then you have Burns going up against Svensson. But this is what I was talking about is where it's like sacrificial Svensson. That's what you could call him. Like, you're, like if he gets through, is all you really might need, and then the rest of it goes your way with the other five. You, you, it allows you to get... Rom, Hatton, Burns is a key leverage play over Cantley because even if they did meet up in the second round, if he beats them, that's massive against the rest of the field. And then we talked about how you can't get to Thigala, but yet he still can project pretty well. This has been our best build so far, and it actually makes sense. You just need a little bit of crazy stuff to happen. If Svensson can which, get out. Which you're going to need anyway. Yeah, so uh, I don't hate that. What were you saying that we could switch it back to? Because I can go off Thigala, go off Hatton. You can go Thigala and go to Davis him. Riley. Off him to Davis Riley? Yeah. Okay. And then what does that give us in terms of Xander money for Hatton? I think it'll get us there, but I just want to see, does that work with Riley versus... Yes, yeah. Svensson's on the bottom of the, the quadrant. He's, mm -hmm. They're in the, in the same quad, but bottom top, because Riley's in the Scheffler one. It gets us to Finau, but then we have nobody in the bottom right. So it doesn't get us to Shoffley? No. Okay. We still need to come down one more, but we can now... Where was the one that we could come off of that we said? We could go, oh, Moronk to Putnam. Ah. 
Let's do this. Moronk to Putnam. And that gets us to 10-2. My ten. God, we're still 100 bucks short. All right, so this just that's just not going to work. It can work. Don't say it can't work. We can I mean, make you can just work. change Rom into Fina. You can change Rom into Fina, and then you can have that last spot of Shoffley. Oh, gosh. I hate when it doesn't work. It's like it's right there. Who? <laughs> oh, what about this? No, he's in the same group. I was saying we get to your – you kind of like Cam Davis earlier, right? Yeah. For Svensson. But then it's home. It doesn't work. No. Gets us stuck in a spot. But this, I mean, an optimizer won't allow for this to happen. That's the good news. We're trying to hand build it out, doing what we normally do on the show. So it's kind of different. But you, you could definitely mess around with it and find a way to get there. I guess for me, scrap the whole Xander plan. Go back to Cantlay instead of Burns. It leaves you 8,300. Like Fleetwood, Fowler, Mitchell. Like Where's Fleetwood at? No, because you run into Riley. You just really run into some spots. Here, yeah, right? that, that bottom eight is a bit of a dead zone because it's hard to build lineups with those guys around the guys that you actually do want to use. So. Yeah, even even Connors runs into it. Yeah, it's it's tougher than you think. The, right, uh, let's, let's talk player pool before we get out of here because it is very difficult to build lineups. Yeah, it's, it's harder to do this way. So Scheffler and Norin for me from that group. Scheffler, Noren. Okay, go back to this way. Yeah, Scheffler. Um, for me, Noren Riley. So maybe some Tom no, Kim. No Scheffler. Uh, probably not. All right, I'm using a ton of Scheffler. So yeah, number one seed, very popular. All those factors, very likely I have. But not, but up. not the most. Like he's not going to be the most popular. No, he's he won't be. I just like I said, just all how you shake it out. I I really don't. M Fleetwood, Poston, and McNeely. I'm only playing McNeely from that group. Probably M Fleetwood for me. Okay. Not, not as high on the other two. Morikawa, Day, Svensson, and Perez. I'm only playing Jason Day. Uh, Day and Svensson for sure. Maybe some Perez. Hovland, Kirk, Siwoo, and Kucher. I'm only playing Kirk. Hovland, Siwoo. No Kirk? But he's going to win the group. I have it in my bracket. Yeah, you have it. Uh, again, <laughs> these are like this, I'll see how it all shakes out in the end. Like I'll probably stay at 35 guys, so I'm making some cuts, but just talking through it quickly with you here, I think that's how I feel about it and, right and now. I, I like Siwoo. I do like Siwoo. And I'm only playing 25 lineup so right. my player pool needs to be smaller, be smaller than your player pool yeah for sure uh homa hideki kisner and suh i'm only playing homa i'm playing homa and hideki i don't think i'll have any kisner or suh spieth lowry montgomery and hughes i'm playing montgomery and hughes probably montgomery spieth definitely montgomery probably spieth and that's probably it see hughes what, what you had mentioned earlier about svensson i know it's a different leverage spot because you're getting rid of scheffler and day and hovland if svensson ends up coming through but Hughes, to me, in my mind, is a more likely guy to just start knocking off big dudes. How much is Hughes? Uh, Sixty one hundred too. Damn. Because everyone's playing Taylor Montgomery from there. Homa and Cantley are super popular, and then you just have Hughes, who might just roll it in and chip in on every green. We might put one more double Canadian. Hughes Svensson lineup: Riley Svensson Hughes. And like Rom, Shoffley and Hatton. Can we get to Shoffley then? That's what I wonder. Shoffley and 8,600. Is Hideki or... Oh, Fitzpatrick? No, because the same. He would run into him. Uh, let me go off him quickly and just go to Hatton. Lands you on 9,800. Finau. Finau. Oh, baby. That's a nice one. Rom and Finau meet up. And then you've got Hatton coming through as the main guy down at the bottom. And then you got the double Canadian Hughes Svensson with Davis Riley, Davis Riley up top. Yeah. That's a very nice lineup right there. I'm going to write very nice. And put that in. <laughs> very nice. Yeah. I can't even what... do my voices today. No, that's good. Uh, keep going. Sorry. Bur Burns power, Scott and Hadwin. I'm using Burns and power. We didn't talk about Hadwin, another Canadian you could get in there. I, I just, I, I don't like Hadwin here. Yeah, but this is uh, the real spot that I like there is the Burns and, and Power potential leverage over the Cantlay we're going to talk about next. Cantlay, Harmon, KH Lee, and Nick Taylor. I'm only using Cantlay. I'm going to use some Harmon and KH there too. Those ones for sure. I mean, anywhere there's going to be, you'll see me more use more people of one group when it's a really good leverage spot, and Cantlay is going to be extremely popular, so that makes the most sense. Uh, Rom is the only one that I'm using in the Rom group. I'm going to maybe use a little Mitchell, not no love really for Horschel or Fowler. Uh, in the Cam Young group, I'm using Straka and Davis Thompson. And I'm opposite of you. I'm going Young and Connors. Finau, Kitayama, Moronk, and Bezadenhout. I'm only using Moronk. I'm definitely going to use some Moronk and Finau. Zalatoris, Fox, English, and Putnam. I got Zalatoris and Putnam. Same. Xander, Hoagie, Wise, and Davis. I got Wise and Davis. 
I'll probably have a mixture of a lot of these guys because we're building some hand builds and stuff. But in the optimizer, it's likely uh, just going to leave out Hoagie, Hoagie and, and go with Hoagie the, Beach. Get him out of that. I do think Xander is really interesting, though. I talked about that. It's the last one I'll go on a rant on quick. But just like I said, because of the spot. It's an easy path. That's the, why It's an easier path and the price. And yet it's he's not becoming the most popular. Even Rory could pick up some steam late. But people are on Cantlay and Homa in this range. And then you have to know that people are going to want Rom and Scheffler, even though they're not as popular as those ones that we just mentioned. So that just has to make for Xander and Rory to be some good plays down in this range. Fitz, Thigala, Minwoo, and Spawn. Only Minwoo for me. Uh, sprinkled, but uh, Thigala, who I just talked about. And then the the Fitz part, you said you want to talk about. We didn't spend much time on but I just, I, I can't play. I just, he has done mental damage to me. I'm not going to play him. <laughs> I think that's how a lot of people think. But coming off the nine, the path is kind of something the same. If, let's say, Xander doesn't get out and they just run into Fitz, I could definitely see Fitz make a bit of a run here. So he's at least interesting from that standpoint. Min Wu as the, the backup play to Hoagie in the same eight group. Hatton, Henley, Herbert, and Griffin. I got Hatton and Herbert. Yeah, you sold me more on the Herbert, so I, I actually kind of like Her- that. Herbert. Kinda like, if you're going to play Mav McNeely, the exact same case can be made for Lucas Herbert, which I love. And also, you talk about putting and around the green game and just stuff that works in this match play format. That to me is Herbert, so I, I really kind of like that. Rory, Keegan, Denny, and Stallings. I got Denny. Yeah, De- Denny and Rory for me. All right, that's how we're building our pools. That's what we like. That's how I'm building my pool. Yeah, right? we'll see how it actually shakes up. I mean, I'm first. That, that's pretty close to what I'll be doing. So, and then it all comes down to some of those game theory ideas of if this guy, then maybe not that guy, or how can I leverage this up? Like some of the stuff we talked about and try and get the best lineups possible, have a way to the top. Is there a showdown this week? No, not for match play. I think there should be. You know, I think there will be for, um, for Putacana, for Putacana, but it'll be bad contests. So you got any hot tips for Putacana? No, I, I didn't spend enough time on it to look at it. I, again, I'll check it out. That's one thing I think uh, I take pride in a little bit is I don't have to play every single slate or feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a degenerate and I'll be have something in there, but I don't need to go all in. I want to see what the rest of the action looks like. And with no showdown for match play this week, that's probably where I'll put the action. I'm just not sure yet what I'm going to do. And we do still get the extra day, right? So I can get this stuff done today, get it all in, ready to go, sweat out the, the match play stuff tomorrow with the round one matchups and then go from there. But yeah, Riley over Scheffler, round one matchup. That's, that's the bet I got. I like that. There's one that I, I wrote up in Golf Digest now for the life of me. Can't remember what it was. Do we want Hughes over Spieth? Make it that? Yeah, that, that one's just that. What are the. It depends on what the odds are, I suppose. Good, I'm sure. Probably not. No, it's plus 140. Yeah, give me Hughes over Spieth. I, yeah. That feels like a coin flip. And then parlay them together. Ooh. Riley and Hughes. I, you want to hear the biggest, like, how Pat wastes his money on gambling sites? I love those. <clears throat> and there's lots of them, it seems, but. Oh, there's lots of ways. I mean, basically every <laughs> That's bet. That's the best part, yeah. Every bet that I make is basically just a, me wasting my money. <laughs> but it is an eight-leg parlay. Of course. Minwoo, Cam Davis, Moronk, Davis Thompson, Taylor Montgomery, Seamus Power, Chris Kirk, Mav McNeely, all to win their group, parlayed together. <laughs> $10 pays $1.4 million. <laughs> my God. To win their group. Picking eight group winners would be epic. I'm sure somebody will do it. We'll see the tweet later this week of some crazy person that got lucky and did it. But, man, this is a... Uh, a tough scene. I was thinking like first round matchups. Should we start spending that money now? Uh, definitely not. You should figure out how you're getting the 10 bucks back. I could cash it out right now. <laughs> Probably already take a loss on that. They're not giving you the same back. So no, they don't. No, listen, people are hammering Denny. You got you to hold. Keep that they one might there. offer me like 10.50 on my cash out. No. <laughs> Make myself 50 cents. Might offer you 50 cents. No, they're offering me 10 bucks. Okay. Still still live up there right now. No, that's a good sign then. So follow Tambo on Twitter, at Toe and Tambo. We'll do this again on next Wednesday. Back to normal next Back week. Back to normal. And then we got Masters of the Week after. That's exciting. Yeah, I can't wait. This is a good little stretch. I actually like Valero too. I don't know why. It's just one of those tournaments. I've always done well in DFS, but I also don't mind. I know the field may not be the best, but... Something we can keep in mind. And then, of course, like you said, even after the Masters, we've got the RBC Heritage, which is a designated... I'm really excited for that. Again, See, I'm not. Why? It's my, I, I love the course. The designated events It's my, it's my favorite tournament. I don't want a designated event. This, well, is, where I, this, is, where, this is where I love when, like, Kadira comes out no, of nowhere. This, I know, yeah, I guess you have good history there mm-hmm. for that as well. But just to say it, like, this is reminds me of the Honda, where everyone was like, holy shit, it was already a great ending. Imagine if we get all the studs well, here. We, did, we never get all we, the studs. We, we, at, we, we did get it. It was the second tournament out of COVID, and everyone played. I don't remember it. Um, Webb won. Everyone bet Webb, and Webb won. Oh, can't, couldn't have been a good tournament then. It was, because Brooks and people were like, oh, what's Brooks going to do? And oh, him he's and, off the lid. Him man. and DJ just charged up the board on the final day. Didn't DJ have the worst final day, now that I remember this, of po- like anything possible? Yeah, he lost to CT Pan at Heritage. Yes. 
he was up by two and just he came like 12th or something it's like tough that. To, i love that course that's that's the other thing like I, I definitely love that course it sets up so different for everybody there's trees in the middle of the fairway and stuff like just incredible uh to watch down the stretch on sunday so i'm definitely excited for it and the fact that like rory already skipped the first designated event so he's now forced to go to that one like, I, I just can't imagine how it's going to go after all the stuff that happens at the masters that's what makes it so good i just remember web one Sergio dominated everyone in ball striking that week and just couldn't make a putt to save his life. Answer made a huge run. And I think Neiman made a huge run. And there Five was... live guys, you said. Sergio, Mid- Neiman, DJ, Brooks. Berger as well, who just doesn't else. play anymore. Hatton was the other one who was up there. Gosh. So let's say, yeah, it was Webb, Answer, Berger, Hatton, Neiman, Sergio, Brooks, JT, Bryson, Poston, Palmer, Fratelli. Mike, Michael Thompson was the guy I was trying to remember. Bryson, another one. DJ it's funny, but er, everyone played in this tournament, but it kind of shook out that it was still like the regular heritage guys that did well. That could be an edge, Pat, that we find that week. Maybe. I'm, yeah, we're going to record on a Tuesday that week because I'm going on vacation on Wednesday. Oh, where are you going? Uh, Sonoma, Napa, L.A., and Cabo. Oh, beautiful! I'm spots. gone for two weeks. I'm just fucking getting out of here. <laughs> I like it. That sounds good. Getting out of Dodge. I just did that. It's uh, it's fun as long as the flights go your way and you don't have to worry about back and forth all the way. So no, we're we and the reason that we spaced it out that way is so we can take a flight from one place to another place and we're going to Toronto for one night to see our friends and no kids, of course. No kids. No, no. <laughs> the they best. can they can stay here with their grandparents. Nice, but. Yeah, I, we don't want to get into the situation where we're sitting around in airports all day. So one flight to one destination, spend some time there. That place to another destination, spend some time there. Spend three, four days, whatever it is, then fly out somewhere else. Sip a little wine, Napa. Yeah, hopefully my voice is back by Oh, now. I'm pretty sure it'll be back. Hopefully. Two weeks. I got more. You, you, I'm filming content for there's, every there, day that I'm gone. There's no Hans in the field, so you might be okay. There, there is I, some woos, though. If C. Woo gets it going there, here. There will be content every day that I am gone. <laughs> New content that is coming out, which means even later today, i got to film some of that content. So, yeah, you're going to know which one that was when you hear my voice in yeah. three weeks' time. Raspy Pat. Raspy Pat coming out. You can't <laughs> like even it. smoke right now. It's horrible. <laughs> All right. I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME. Once again, fantasynational.com slash Mayo to get that 20% off. Still around 200 spots in the Listener's League. That's also down in the description along with the newsletter. Or if you just want to Google it, Mayo Media Substack. Make it easy on yourself. Get it delivered to you absolutely free. All right. I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. Mayo Experience. Experience.